17th, um, during the worship time of church, you will be treated to the program that the kids have prepared. Um, if you are a parent, today your kiddo is coming home with a script that has the line for them to practice this week, and we're singing Silent Night, so hopefully they'll be singing that around the house and you can sing along with them. And on December 18th, if you can have your kids here by 9 a.m., we're going to practice in here one time before we unveil this production. So there's a note that you have with all of these details, but we really love to have all the kids involved. So um, bring them. If you know somebody who's not here today and they want to bring their kids, please let them know. We can still get them into the mix next week and then ready to perform on the 18th. Thank you to everyone who's helping. <laughs> Is that good? <laughs> All right. Um, one final announcement, and this is concerning parking. Uh, we've been blessed by the guy that owns the, the property right across the, the parking lot from us. I called him this week, and he said it's totally cool if our parking lot is full that we can use that as overflow parking. So if some of you like a little morning walk, uh, and you want to park over there and, and leave a spot for maybe a visitor, uh, our parking lot is actually already getting full. Uh, also, if you're here late and you can't find a spot, you can always zip out there and turn back in there and park over across the street. So that's great news, and uh, God's really blessed us with that uh, super flexible guy over there giving us his space to, to park um, while we kind of get things up and running. Uh, I think those are the announcements. Let's dive into the Word of God. We're going to read two scriptures. The first is from James. This is kind of the passage that the whole series uh, that we're in right now, the Draw Near series, is built off of. So if you have a Bible, grab your Bible. Uh, you'll, you, the words will be up on the screen as well if you don't have a Bible. Otherwise, we do have some hardback black ones right there in the back. And if you don't own a Bible, um, we have Bibles around here that we would love to give to you to take home today. All right, so we're going to be in James uh, as kind of the overarching passage of the series, and then Matthew six sixteen through 18 as we look at the specific discipline of fasting today. So James 4, 7 through 8 says, Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. And then in Matthew chapter 6, verses 16 through 18, Jesus says, and when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces that their fasting may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face, that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. This is God's word. I am actually really excited to preach this message on fasting. I've heard lots of messages about fasting and, uh, you know, trying to convince people to fast. Uh, over the years, some of them, they use a lot of humor. Others have been very, very serious and compelling. And others have been the most amazing guilt trip you could ever imagine in your life. You know, so there's a whole gamut of ways to approach fasting um, but I, I really want to say to you that I believe that this particular message within the, the circle of this series could possibly be the most powerful message for a lot of you, all right, to, to really begin to fast. And that's the way I'm approaching this this morning is that, because I found this to be so, is that many, many people in the church do not fast um, at all. It is just an, one of those things that people just seem to like skirt around or avoid or whatever. Uh, a lot of guys who get in, gals who get in the pulpit will tell you that this is one of the best kept secrets uh, of the faith is the idea of fasting uh, because people just don't do it for a lot of different reasons. But I would like to convince you to do it this morning. All right. I, I would really like to challenge you and I this morning that we are going to fast. Isn't it interesting that I'm preaching today about fasting and then David comes up and invites you to eat? Uh, you know, it's, 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 it's the way things fall sometimes is a little bit crazy. Uh, as we started to talk about the disciplines, and I did mention fasting in the initial introductory uh, message, several people got very excited 
And uh, the interesting thing is the people who got excited are people who have fasted and have had a, a, a tremendous impact on their lives through their fasting. Uh, but they're like, oh, pastor, so excited about when we all fast together. Um, I originally was not going to ha- like call a fast for all of us, um, thinking that I would leave it up to you, that it would be sort of a, your, your own like preference, time, whatever. Just, just let you do it. Work it out with fear and trembling before God for yourself. Um, and then as different people talked to me and as I thought about it and pondered it more, I was like, nah. We're not going to do that because you won't do it. <laughs> you, know, you just won't. You'll get around it again. Uh, and, and several people said, you know, we love it when, when you call us to a fast. The last fast I called you to was just prior to Thanksgiving last year. So I've, I haven't called a, a corporate fast in a little over a year now, just for the record, all right? Okay, so I haven't done that. Um, but several of you said, you know, I love a fast at the first of the year. And I'm like, ah, oh, that sounds good too, you know. So you got something to look forward to, all right? So I'm going to give you a little window of time here after today when I try to convince you that fasting will be a powerful dynamic in your life, all right? Then I'm going to give you a little window to maybe practice a little bit and, and work with it a little bit. And then the first of year, we're going to fast together. We're going to call a specific time of fasting together. Uh, the last fast we called, it was in the midst of realizing we were growing and we didn't have enough room and we were thinking about two services and the, the growth and development committee was working so hard and so intensely to get us to that two service format, you know, really working that out and grinding out the details of all of that. And I just wasn't feeling that that was just right yet. And so I called a fast and uh, said, we're going we're gonna to do this. Uh, and um, it was a really great time. A lot of you were like, what? What are you doing? You know, this, we, we got a plan. Let's just go with it. You know, let, wait, let's hear from God. And, uh, and sure enough, we fasted together. We held, we held back knowing that we were tight, we were growing. But we held back, we fasted, and here we are. None of this was in the picture before we fasted. It wasn't even on the radar before we fasted. And God has really moved us and shifted us dramatically to be here in this building at this location. Um, And I believe it's absolutely a result of the time of fasting and praying that we did. And a lot of other things as as, as well play into that. But that's definitely a big part of that. So in the new year, we're going to fast again. There's a reason why. Some Sundays already, we've we've been almost maxed out in here. We added more chairs. We can't add a whole lot more chairs without really making some people very stiff necked up here at the front. So as we grow, we're going we're gonna to need to very quickly look at either two services again, uh, that concept, uh, building uh, uh, another facility onto this building. There's, there's, there's things out there in front of us, but we want the Lord's heart in this. We want to know that we're doing what God is telling us to do. And so in the new year, we're going to fast again for his direction, all right, and his guidance as he leads us forward. So with that in mind, I want to prepare us for that. I want us to be ready to do that together as a body, all right? And chances are that you're sitting here today and you're in that sort of massive majority of Christians who rarely are never, ever fast. It's not because you haven't read your Bible. It's not because you're sitting under uh, unfaithful preaching that hasn't preached about this. Um, It's not because you haven't maybe even heard of the power of fasting Um, It's not even that you genuinely don't want to, all right? It's just that you haven't got around to sort of doing that. You know, as as one guy said, you just haven't put the fork down yet, you know? Uh, So after today, we're going to put the fork down, all right, a little bit. And and we're going to try to jump into this, not not even just like tippy-toe into it, but let's let's really jump into it. Um, And, you know, there's a part of us, we live in a society where food is just so connected. It's so a part of our lives. And, and the reality is sometimes uh, we eat when we don't need to. We, just, we eat because it's available to eat or because we're hungry or because it tastes good and it's there, those kinds of things. Sometimes you eat when you don't even want to eat. You know, uh, I mean, I, I, I've, I've been places and everyone's like, oh, we got food, let's eat, you know, and I'm like, oh, no, I'm good, thank you. No, no, and put it in front of you. Um, when we were in Brazil, you know, we went to one, uh, peop- one house and the lady made all this food. It was great food, so it was really, really good, and I ate, and I ate 
loved it, all right? But she kept coming back, and I was like, no, you know, around here, you know, if you just kind of like put your hand out or over your plate, people stop, you know, they don't, you know, add anything. You put it over your glass, you know, the waiter or waitress goes on by, they don't refill or whatever. No, she, no, no is not in her life, you know. She just keeps bringing food. And so you, we ate and we ate and we ate. It was outrageous. I didn't want to eat, but I was eating, you know. And we can do that. We, we can do that in our own home. Some of you are like my family, we are grazers. And sometimes because we're bored, where do we find ourselves? In front of the refrigerator. And we're just standing there just looking at what's in the refrigerator, you know. And sooner or later, it's like, uh, I should eat that. It's going to get old. You know? <laughs> and so we pull it out and we eat it, you know. Or it's like, you know, that last bit of ice cream, I should just eat that so it makes some room in the refrigerator. Uh, <laughs> I, wish you, I wish you could have seen your faces right then. <laughs> yeah? But this is, this is where we are. And, and you know what? Some of us, the reality is we have some cravings. We have some aches for comfort. And the reality is sometimes when we are alone or we are hurting or we are discomforted or we are in dis-ease of some kind, that is what we replace the Holy Spirit with is food. And it is an unholy comforter at that point. It just lost its, its um, sacredness, if you will, or its goodness, or its whatever, because it is now an ungodly act at that point. All right. So, fasting needs to be voluntary. So I don't want to put you on a guilt trip today. I don't want to try to force something on you. It should be you voluntarily going without food. Uh, and it may be beyond food. It may be some other regularly enjoyed uh, good gift from God that you partake of. But for the sake of some spiritual purpose in your life, um, you are going to resist and release and relinquish and let go and give up something uh, for a consistent period of time in order to draw close to God. All right? And... Um, I think you will find, if you will do this, that, that you will really enjoy the, the fruit of fasting, all right? Uh, it will feed you. It will, it will have impact on you, all right? And, and I want you to understand that from the passage that David read to you today, this really is not an option. This is not something where today you can really honestly just walk away from here and say, no, nah, I know I don't have to do that and and I have grace in this area. Jesus, when he was speaking to uh, the, the, the people in Matthew chapter 6, he, he doesn't say you can or they might. He says they will. And he says you, you, you should fast. All right? So this is not really optional for you and I based on Scripture. We need to incorporate this as a part of our lives. Now, I... I've done the gamut. I don't say that to you to brag this morning. I'm, I'm, just, I, I'm just sharing with you my experience uh, just to validate that I have some understanding here. I'm not trying to tell you to do something that I'm not doing or haven't done. And uh, I'm a full believer. I, 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 I talk to David about this all the time and, and other leaders in the church. And I tell them, don't, don't try to take somebody where you've never been. Uh, don't ask someone to do something that you're not willing to do yourself. You know, and uh, the, the, the sweet thing is, as a pastor, I, I did get to use sort of my leverage just a, just a hair uh, once when I was fasting. I, 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 I have done a 40-day fast of, of just liquids, and uh, I didn't want to do it by myself, so I coerced Jack to do it with me. And, uh, and Jack was so gracious to be not only my accountability partner in the fast, but actually literally do the entire fast with me. Uh, and so he and I uh, did that together. And we didn't do everything right. Um, and uh, so there, there was some learning in, in all of that, you know. Uh, but I'm going to tell you something. I've, I've, okay, I've done a 40-day fast, and it was, it was challenging. It was hard to do, but I, I did it. Uh, I promised God I would never do that again unless there was a handwriting on the wall saying, you got to do this. It was that intense, you know. But, but I've also done a fast for like a day. And to be honest with you, I've done a fast for a day that was equally as hard and equally as challenging, all right? Because in that moment, I was really having to wrestle with my own flesh. And that is a battle. That is a battle that we all deal with. It's some, some part of our flesh we, we battle with from time to time. 
And so I want you to understand that I believe, and, and I believe the scriptures bear it out, that there are some things that prayer and fasting need to happen. They need to be a, a vital part of your life for you to have success in certain areas. And so that's what we're coming to, all right? And, and listen, we fast in this life because we believe in the life to come, all right? We don't, we don't have to get it all here and now. All right? We don't have to live like this is it. And, and we, we live, we should live out of the promise that we will have it all in the coming age. When the kingdom comes, we won't be called to fast. Jesus doesn't say, okay, when I return, I'm going to establish a fast. He says, when I return, there will be a feast. And you will be with me and we will enjoy this together. So there's much to come because of the resurrection of Christ. But in this time, there are places when we, when we draw away, when we pull away, when we wander afar, when we move back, when we resist, when we get bound up, when we get captive, when we get shackled, where we need God to free us, to break the bonds that are holding us, to pull us back and draw us near to Him. And one of the most wonderful ways that that can happen in your life is for you to choose to fast and to seek God. It's a radical measure, but it is a temporary measure. All right? And I would challenge you that as you're looking at your life and as you're wrestling with things, that you would begin to, to, to say in your own heart, you know what? My longing for Christ is far more than my longing for the things that this world provides for me. And because I want that more than anything, I will give up anything to get that. And so we hold to that, that that is my purpose in fasting. It isn't to puff myself up. It isn't to say that I did it. It, it, it isn't to get accolades. It isn't to manipulate God it is because I long to know more of Christ. I long to be more like Christ. And so that positionally, that's where we land, all right? Now, there are a lot of different kinds of fast. There are lots of examples in the scriptures. The disciples fasted. Uh, we see that in, in Matthew chapter 17. Ezra in the Old Testament fasted um, and invited the, 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 the Spirit of God to come and assist him and help him in Ezra chapter 8. Samuel fasted uh, in 1 Samuel chapter 7. We, we see how Samuel reached out and he led God's people. It was a corporate fast. He led them to celebrate the return of the, the Ark of the Covenant from, from captivity of the Philistines. Uh, but he also fasted and prayed that Israel might be delivered from the sin that actually allowed the Ark to be captured in the first place. And so there's some powerful things that happened uh, when we fast, but fasting comes out of the result of some, some things that where, where we really need to see God move in our lives. Elijah fasted in 1 Kings chapter 19, um, and, and he didn't eat and drink, but he received strength from the Lord, and he was one of those who fasted for 40 days, all right? So we see a number of these kinds of examples. Uh, there's a, a unique sort of fast that, that we find in 1 Kings chapter 17, where the widow fasted, uh, but e Elijah was coming into her home and she had only a little bit of food left and then it would all be over and, and she would have no food left. And rather than eat it for herself, she gave it to the prophet and let the prophet eat. So she fasted that meal and blessed the prophet that the prophet might eat. But the amazing thing was that God then provided for her consistently and she was taken care of from that point on. Paul fasted. When he was confronted on, on the road and um, he was blinded in his encounter with Jesus, it says that, that he was three days without sight, but he didn't eat and he didn't drink in Acts chapter 9. But God visited him and uh, he received his sight. And look at what the Apostle Paul accomplished in the kingdom of God on earth. The Daniel fast. Daniel was one of those young men who fasted. Fasted for 10 days at once. And what we would call a partial fast. 
He gave up certain things. He didn't drink uh, wine and, and, and strong drink, and he didn't eat meat, and he didn't eat the sweets and the desserts. He only ate the vegetables. Uh, and, and he was questioned about it. Why would you do this? The king's going to be upset because you're going to get gaunt and pale and all this kind of stuff. And he goes, no, just let me just prove this. For 10 days, let us eat this way and then come and look at us and examine us and evaluate and see. And they did. And he was healthier than the other young men who were eating all the delicacies that the king was providing for these young men as they were being trained and mentored uh, in the kingdom. And then he did it again for 21 days. So we see Daniel fasting and his body being not only sustained, but actually getting healthier as he fasted. John the Baptist fasted. Uh, and, and we, I mean, this great voice who came before Jesus to the, the forerunner, if you will, he took the Nazarite vow, which was a type of, of a fast. He avoided the the, the wine and the strong drink and that sort of thing. And he, he developed this or adopted this sort of lifestyle of simplicity and of, of almost nothing uh, other than what was absolutely essential for him. Um, and then there was Esther. And Esther fasted and called the people to fast with her, another corporate fast. And she called the people because Israel was about to be destroyed. The Jews were about to be annihilated and she said, oh, the king hasn't called me into him for, for a long time, but nevertheless, I will go. But you all fast, join together and fast and fast with me and I will fast and then I will go to him. And of course, Israel was delivered. So there are all kinds of fasts that you can do. All right. I, there's some there's some variety here. All right. Uh, the, the, the normal regular fast obviously is to abstain from food. Um, and only drink liquids. Uh, some people will fast for a short period of time and just drink water. Others will fast for longer periods of time and, and add like broth or electrolytes or those kinds of things. Uh, the absolute full fast um, we, is, is like normally about a three-day fast. Um, and in that fast, there was neither eating nor drinking and I'm not advocating any one way for you or the other, especially if you have maladies or, or illnesses or those kinds of things or special diet restrictions and those kinds of things. You need to seek God and let God help you to discern what it is you can do in fasting. And there are times when people fast other things besides food. Where people will fast social media. Uh, people will fast just television uh, or, or uh, music and, and spend times in stillness and quietness before God. Um, there, there are a lot of different ways that you can go about fasting. Uh, as I referred to, the partial fast of Daniel, where you're eating only a certain type of food and letting go of the favorites or the delicacies or those kinds of things. Um, I, I, and I've heard, them, I've heard them all, you know. Um, once I fasted Oreo cookies. Um, the only problem was that was I didn't really like Oreo cookies that much anyway. You know. <laughs> didn't work, okay? I'm just letting you know. I was young, I was zealous, I was a brand new Christian. All these guys around me were fasting. I felt like, well, I should fast something. So, you know, I thought, well, I'll, fi I'll fast Oreo cookies. Uh, no, it didn't, it, it, that wasn't right. You know. uh, the amazing thing is that when you start to do this, God will meet you. God will meet you. And God will help you to know what it is that he's asking of you. And, and by his spirit, he will lead you in these decisions that you make. Some people fast regular. Some people fast a day a week. Um, and there's been proven health benefits of doing this kind of a, of a fast. Now, prayer has to accompany your fast, all right? You have to you have to pray as well. This is why I chose to do fasting after prayer because I believe these two go together. Um, and I'm, I'm pretty convinced, as I've heard others say, is you know, if, if you are fasting but you are not praying, you are dieting. There's nothing spiritual about that, really. I mean, you're giving up something, yes. But the idea here is this, that you are drawing near to God and God is drawing near to you. So there needs to be some kind of activity that is, is, is doing that, is, is, is uh, facilitating that closeness, that coming together, you and God. Uh, and so you need to incorporate prayer 
in with your fasting. Um, maybe solitude uh, would be something else that you would incorporate into that as well. All right. So these are things that, that need to happen. You can do it when we call a fast, and we call that a corporate fast, where we, I ask all of you who will to fast together. If you don't choose to fast in a corporate fast, there's no condemnation in that. There's, there's nothing where you're going to, we're going to you know, be upset with you or condemn you in any way. Um, fa- as I said, fasting is very much voluntary, but sometimes there is a fast where you just simply fast and no one in the entire world knows about it but you. And it is between you and God, and you and God work through that together. And that's an important uh, piece as well as corporately coming together with the body. I like the corporate fast because when, I, when I'm fasting by myself, I feel like I, I shouldn't tell anybody. You know, I don't want to get prideful and, and puffed up and and, and all of that. And so I like to keep it very much quiet. You may have to tell us your spouse, uh, especially if they're involved in, in mealtime with you, uh, or a co-worker. Uh, there may be someone that you need to, you know, just inform that this is going on, but not to, to make a big deal about it. Uh, but I love the corporate fast because then we all know we're all fasting. And so then we can talk to each other and encourage each other. Because I'm going to tell you something, when you start fasting, you need encouragement. You need some encouragement to, to do. This is not necessarily an easy thing to do, you know. And there's nothing I love more than going to Culver's and getting a Butterburger Deluxe basket <laughs> with someone that I really enjoy companionship with and just sitting there and just eating and talking, you know. And, and we, we, we do it so often sometimes that we can go in, in Culver's and they just know what we want, you know. <laughs> Butterburger baskets, you know, large fry, well done, extra mayonnaise for the fries. That's what we do. But we enjoy that, you know. There are times when, if you were honest, there are times when you would sit down in the still of the night, in the quiet all alone. It's late. You don't hear much of anything. You're just there. You're present to yourself. And you think, Ben and Jerry's, salted caramel, whatever it is. And suddenly, there's just the most loud, powerful voice that's calling to you, just calling to you and saying, come, come and join me. And you go to the refrigerator and there it is. And it's like, oh, yes. And you take it back to your bed. And you lay in that bed and you, and you just eat that salted caramel, whatever, and you just, you, it, it just makes your whole, your toenails are feeling good, you know? You just love it. When I was fasting, Jack and I, and we were doing the 40-day fast, some of you know this story, I, I, somehow I must have had some kind of just like sadistic bent towards myself because I would visit the grocery store, you know, 30 days and 35 days and such into this fast, I would just go to the grocery store and walk up and down the aisles of the grocery store. And I would look at the food and I would think about what I was going to eat. And I would think about the days until I would get to eat. And I, I would just, I would, I would just create meals. I would stand in, in the aisle at high V and just create a meal in my, in my mind. <laughs> And think about how good it was going to be. And how could I make it better? And just, I mean, I would spend significant amount of time doing this. You know, drive to Hy-Vee to look at food. Because I wanted it so much. And way into this fast, I am standing in Hy-Vee. And I am looking at food. I am looking at, in the pasta area, you know. And I'm just looking at pasta. I love angel hair pasta. Uh, I love every kind of sauce you can put on it. And I was thinking, you know, I bet it would be really good to take marinara sauce and Alfredo sauce and mix them together and make this stuff and then put chicken in it, you know. And just thinking about cooking the chicken and all of that, you know. True story. I'm standing there thinking, and all of a sudden it was like as though someone tapped me on the shoulder. You just... You're kind of hypersensitive a lot of times when you've been fasting, you know, and your body is is very, like, acutely aware of sound and smell and touch and all of that, you know. And it was. It was almost like someone touched me. Like, I was like, I looked. No one was there. 
But then this impression came into my heart. Would you taste and see that the Lord is good? And I was like, I had to think about that for just a second. You know, it was like, it came to me again. Would you taste and see that the Lord is good? I actually created a sermon about donuts. Krispy Kreme donuts. You would have loved it, David. You would have loved it. Krispy Kreme donuts. And I had one of the elders at that time. Paul and Ann, you may be the only ones here that remember. That, that was a lot. We were in the, in, the, in the school then. But I had one of the elders. We actually had a Krispy Kreme bakery here in Sioux Falls at that time. And I had one of the elders leave at, at just the right moment to go and buy enough Krispy Kreme donuts for the entire congregation to have them. Fred, I want to say, don't get the ones in the showcase. I want you to get the ones they're taking right off uh, the, you know, the, the cookery. And, and so he walks in with these boxes of donuts and you could smell them. You could smell them. And I had been preaching this sermon. Some of you are just dying to eat right now, aren't you? <laughs> I was preaching this sermon and I was talking about this. Taste and see that the Lord is good. And, and what, what I was trying to, to get across to everyone is I can, t and I, I, I did ask for one of the donuts and I picked it up and I held it in my hand and all those people who hadn't eaten, we, didn't, we weren't so gracious and generous to have breakfast for people that, at, back in those days. We just got to church. And uh, I, I held that donut in my hand and, I, and you could smell them and I said, you know what, I, could, I can describe this to you. Like I can tell you all about this donut. I can tell you things about I told them about the, the history of Krispy Kreme and the family business and all those kinds of things and the battles they went through and the difficulties over the years and the financial problems and the setbacks and, and their philosophy and their, their vision and all those kinds of things. We talked about a whole lot of things that morning, but I said, you know what, I can tell you all about this stuff. I can give you history. I can give you understanding. I can describe this donut to you. But until you taste it, you'll never really know what this donut is about. And then I ate it in front of everybody. But here's the point. I can stand up here today and tell you all about the Lord. I can tell you all about the power of the Holy Spirit that can work in your life. I can tell you how you can be set free. I can tell you how you can be delivered. I can tell you how God can bless you and hold you and keep you safe. And I can tell you how the, the Spirit can come and comfort you and, and how prayer can touch your life in a powerful way. I can tell you how powerful fasting can be and what it can do for you. But until you taste it yourself, you will never know. You will never know. Why do you need to fast? Fasting, I believe, can play a crucial role in your life. If we look at these leaders that I talked to you about and, and gave you examples of earlier and, and, and you follow them through the scriptures, you will see that when they fasted, it was not coincidental things that happened, but it was God moving in their life. Fasting is a method to get us out of our comfort zone where God can sync us up with him. And we can begin to line up with him and walk with him and, and be in step with him. So, yeah, I think we need to fast. Now, how, how would you define fasting as a spiritual discipline? I, I hope that you would say that, that this is something that I, I need to do where I am intentionally denying myself I am intentionally moving away from, from those physical desires that are controlling me. I am intentionally trying to increase my spiritual strength and my sensitivity. That's, what, that's, that's really what this spiritual discipline is about. And this is why it needs to become an essential part of our lives and, and a habitual part of our lives. Fasting can break the hold of something that, that is... is actually holding you back or are holding you down in your physical nature it, it will actually sharpen you to the spiritual um life around you all right 
And I believe it, it will encourage you as you do this. Even though you will feel weak in the process, in, in the dynamic of fasting, there is some, some wonderful things that happens when you strategically go into this refusal and this rejection of the things in your life that comfort you and, 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 and give you uh, what you feel like you need. Because what you really need above all else is God and His holy presence in your life. And I want to say to you, as, as we prepare to do this, that physical fasting is always done for spiritual purposes, all right? It, it involves the absence of something valuable. You know, you, you, you can't do it by giving up something you don't really like anyway, all right? So what you're doing is you're, you're going into this kind of abstinence you're, you're letting go of something very valuable so that you can take hold of something of far greater value. And that is the presence of God in your life. Now, how would you incorporate fasting as a discipline in, in your life? I would challenge you and I in this new season that we're going into here that, that we would have a regular time of preparation to to break the, the patterns of conformity uh, in our lives. By that in particular, I mean like there's a world order out there that tells you how you should live and what you should do and what will make you happy and, and what, is, what is the thing that you most need in your life, you know. And you hear this so much in this season now that we're in because everybody's getting ready to buy presents for everybody else. And it's like, here's the one, what's the top present? Here's the one present. Here's the best present. Here's the most wanted present. Here's what everybody is wanting. And there are lines for certain things because that's the item this year. That's the, the hot piece uh, out there for this particular year. And, and fasting can help us break that sort of, that, 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 that sort of uh, hold, if you will, or that form that kind of just wants to come down and shape us to the order of the world. And sometimes this, this preparation uh, is one of, of where we're we going to engage the world, but in a different kind of way, not conform to it, but actually be countercultural. Culture. We're going to be counterculture to this world that, that we know. Because what that can do is that can break you and I out of the, the sort of the, the, the mold of status quo. It, it moves us to be different. It moves us to, to not live in the same conformity as, as the rest of the world. Here's what else fasting can do for you. Please hear me on this one. Fasting will break a pattern of behavior in your life. It will overcome a spiritual barrier that's going on in your life that is preventing you from doing what God wants you to do. Gentlemen, if you are having problems in the area of pornography, we can walk through that and we can work through that and we can watch the videos and we can pray together and all of those kinds of things. But I'm going to tell you what, if you will incorporate fasting, it will have a dramatic impact on you breaking that bondage in your life. Ladies, the same for you if you are involved in pornography. It, it helps to break. It helps you to be able to say no. It helps you to, to uh, beat down this flesh, if you will. That's what the Apostle Paul said, daily I flog this flesh by. He didn't beat himself physically, literally. He crushed the fleshly desires of his life in order that the spirit man might live through and, and, and break through. If you're having a problem doing what God is calling you to do, now is the time to fast. It can be a time where God really does an, an amazing work in your own heart as, as you are trying to, to make major decisions or you're, you're sort of embarking on a new venture, um, you're going th through transitions or new places in your life. It's amazing what God can do when you fast through those particular times. Because it means that you are denying certain pleasures that you enjoy in preference to focusing on God's priority. And you can hone that skill, that sensitivity, that discernment of, of God's will for your life. I think this is one of the most amazing and powerful ways for you to strengthen your spiritual sensitivity is to fast. And I'll tell you what, your spiritual warfare will be much more powerful and authoritative when you fast 
than when you don't. There are lots of other ways to fast, and we're going to help you as we go along, and we're going to learn these together. Um, I have a guide that is sitting back there on the counter today, and I put it together for you. It's just Fasting Tips, a Life Church Guide, all right? So you can pick one of those up. It will help you with, uh, with your fasting and just give you a little bit of, of ideas about what you, know, what you can do. As we close, let me, uh, let me take you through a worksheet again today, all right? Again, this is very much teaching and, and very much trying to just help you to prepare yourselves. And part of that is a spiritual inventory. It's part of us looking at ourselves. And my prayer with each of these is that God will open your heart and help you to answer these questions honestly. So this is another sheet for your little notebook that you're keeping during these disciplines. I'd like for you to just fill it out as we go right now. All right, we're just going to take a moment. We're just going to go through it. Write down the things that God is speaking to you, the Holy Spirit is speaking to you right now as we do this. And just in talking about this spiritual discipline of fasting, what are the hindrances in your life that is keeping you from this spiritual discipline of fasting? I asked Pastor Dave about this one, and he said, food, food. (laughs) It's true for both of us. We love food. We love food. But you know what? At the bottom of, the, of, of, of that comment is the reality that we love our belly. You know? We love being satisfied. We love being, being filled and comforted in some way. And food can do that a lot of times. What is, what is standing in the way? Is it dissatisfaction that you are struggling with and you're trying to, to fill it up with something else? Is it busyness? Are you just too busy? Maybe it's a deception. Maybe it's a lie. Maybe someone along the way said, no, that's not for our day and our age. That's that's not what Christians do anymore. That's a bygone thing. Or maybe someone said, you know, I tried that and it didn't work. And that was your easy out. And you just closed the door on it. What hinders you? from fasting. What are the areas of your life where fasting would be helpful? Be honest. Is there a struggle? Is there a habit? Is there an addiction? Is there a cycle? Is there a relationship that you're in and you've been in for some time and you know you're not supposed to be in this relationship? Or maybe you're in a relationship and it's not supposed to be what it is. There haven't been good boundaries. And you need to pull back and deny your flesh in some way. Where, Where have you not followed in the call of Christ to fast? Do you remember a time when it was really like on your heart to fast and you didn't? Can you go back to that place? Can you, can you start there and say, God, I want to I repent. I didn't obey. I didn't, I didn't do it when you told me to, but, but I, I want to I do it now. I want to enter into a season of developing fasting as a part of my spiritual disciplines. Have you used it wrongly? Have you used it to, to puff yourself up spiritually? To say, okay, I fast. That's what the Pharisees did disfigured themselves in some way so everybody knew it because they wanted everybody to think they were really, really holy people. Have you been doing that? Or worse, have you tried to manipulate God by fasting? Has it been a deal maker? And did you walk away feeling as though it was a deal breaker because it didn't work? Given that, then what needs to change in your lifestyle? In order for you to be a person who is fasting, what has to change? Maybe it's an an honest moment of coming before God and repenting. Just saying, God, I need to clean this up because I've not done this. I've been been disobedient. Or or maybe you just, like David, you you can say, you know, God, I need you to forgive me for my, my sins of ignorance. I just didn't know. 
Before Pastor Bill said something, I, 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 I was clueless. I, I didn't know. I really didn't know. And maybe you need to get that sort of right standing with, with God. And then maybe you need to say, there's a day of the week that I need to set aside and I need to spend some time fasting and, and praying and, and I, need to, I need to be diligent about this. I need, to be, I need to be strong in this area. And so you set it aside and you plan for it. And you get yourself ready for it so you know it's coming. All right? And you, and you can do it well. What do you need to change in your lifestyle? Maybe it's getting away from so much social media. What if you took half the time you spent on Facebook and fasted? What if you said, you know what, God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to turn my cell phone off for one entire meal and an hour before and an hour after. And before, I'm going to just seek you and I'm not going to let any distraction come in. I'm not, don't even put it on vibrate. Turn it off. All right. And so here's a window of time, God, where I'm going to be still before you. I'm just going to be there. Lastly, as I've been talking about all of this, and we've been describing these different fasts, what type of fast is the Holy Spirit already speaking to you about? What, what grabbed you? What, what kind of stood out to you? What, what was that place where you went, oh, I could do that? And maybe the, the Holy Spirit was just stirring you a little bit to say, yeah, I need to do that. Because maybe that's the starting place. And if you're thinking that 40-day deal is, is it, then come talk to me first, okay? Because <laughs> I don't think so. God wants you to be strong in this area, and God wants you to grow in this area. And God wants to help you to do this. So here's your, here's your worksheet. Here's what you're going to take home and, and work with here to be able to do this. Amen? You'll be ready come January, and we'll be able to fast together. I'm going to ask Melissa and Jeannie to come. Melissa's going to share the gospel with you, and then Jeannie's going to pray. Today is, is a, a life lunch, and we're going to eat soup and pie and rejoice in, in the privilege to enjoy food together. Uh, but we always have a, an emphasis for prayer when we have a life lunch. And um, the unreached people group today and the people that we're going to be praying for are the people in our own neighborhood who don't know Jesus today. So give these ladies your attention. All right. Um, I was just sitting here thinking this morning, you know, fasting really, the practice of fasting is a disruption in our lives. It wakes us up to our real hunger and need. And that's the same thing that Jesus did when he came. He came to interrupt humanity, just going through everything, thinking they can fix things themselves. And it's that Jesus came, and he lived the perfect life. And he died that we could know him and be drawn back to him. And then he was resurrected on the third day. So that not only could we know him as stories about him, but we could know him forever. We could be with him from now into eternity. And he invites us to draw near to him. And so if you're here this morning and this is, you're kind of thinking like, what is, what is all this about? Um, and you're hearing that for the first time and you want to know Jesus. Um, there will be a prayer team after Jeannie prays um, that will come up. And if you want to pray with, with them and ask about Jesus um, and come to know him, that's available. Or if you need prayer for anything else, uh, we do invite you to come. And like Pastor Bill said, you know, this is good news for us here today, but it's, we want it to be good news for our neighborhood. So, and be able to take that message, you know, across the street, uh, next door. So, um, Jeannie's going to pray, and if you need prayer, you can come. Otherwise, I know we'll be getting ready for the meal. Thank you, Melissa. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the answered prayer from last year and how you strategically placed us in this neighborhood, Lord God. 
not that we would forget where we came out of in the other neighborhood, Lord, but how you have expanded our tent pegs, Lord. And out of Leviticus 26, I will make my dwelling among you, and my, sh- my soul shall not abhor you. And I will walk among you and will be your God, and you shall be my people. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, that you should not be their slaves. And I have broken the bars of your yoke and made you walk erect. So we thank you, Heavenly Father, for this neighborhood, for each person in it, Lord God. Help us, Heavenly Father, to be vessels willing to walk out of these doors, Lord God, and into this neighborhood, to be a witness of your goodness, of your grace, of your mercy, and how you desire, O Lord, to break the bonds of this world that have entrapped so many in this neighborhood. Help us, Lord God, to be your mouthpieces, to speak your love, even when it takes us out of our comfort zones, Lord God. And whatever that looks like for each of us, Heavenly Father, I thank you that you are encouraging us, that you are rising up within each of us to be your hands and feet, Lord God. And I ask right now, Holy Spirit, that you would touch the hearts of those in this neighborhood, that you would draw them in, because your word says that you teach and you draw, Lord God. So teach and draw those in. I thank you, Lord, for those that you have already brought in, Heavenly Father. And that this would be a place, Lord, of hope, of peace, of renewing, of coming to know the goodness of you, O Heavenly Father. So, Lord, as we step out, step out in faith, Maybe this, Lord God, is the fast that you are calling us to, is, is to inquire of you, what does my walk in this neighborhood look like? So, Lord, as you speak to our hearts, as you speak to the hearts of the people in this neighborhood, we just pray for open doors, for wisdom, for knowledge, for all of those things, Lord, that you have placed within each of us to use to proclaim who you are. For you are truly our God, and we are your people, Lord God. So thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father God, for how you are raising each of us to be your people, to walk in freedom. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.